the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. I uh, hope your weekend's uh, off to a great start. And I hope you all uh, have really good plans for uh, to celebrate the 4th of July, the Declaration of Independence of for the greatest country that's ever existed. Um, and uh, it's going to continue to be that way. I don't care uh, about all of the evil that is thrown to us on a daily basis these days. Uh, it's just not going to work. There's too many good people like uh, you, like the folks that listen to the program, uh, that just want to know the truth um, and and love uh, the tradition of uh, the United States of America. So uh, we're going to continue. We don't care uh, what's thrown our way. We're going to grab the uh, the shield and deflect the arrows uh, from all the evil and uh, and march on. Good program. We have top stories for you that I think you'll find interesting. We have some economic data, some Federal Reserve regional reports, and uh, this is great news. Um, you know, we've been talking about um, what they originally started with calling uh, socially responsible investing. That's what they called it uh, decades ago when we were talking about it here on the program. Um, really, its first uh, clear sign of danger was when uh, New York City and New York State started putting these uh, so-called socially responsible uh, funds um, made them a mandatory offering for the uh, the people that work for uh, local and federal and state government up there. Um, and so we started talking about it back then, and it has just metastasized, and it's a terrible, terrible thing. Now it's ESG, Environmental Social Governance, right? So we've been on this from the very beginning Wonderful developments lately. Uh, BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, running about nine to ten trillion dollars, is run by um, a, a little weasel, uh, Larry Fink, and he, as I've said again for years and years, he uh, uh, he started being a lapdog for the Clintons. He thought that when uh, if Hillary won the election, he was going to be Treasury Secretary, and all of his dreams would be fulfilled, and he'd feel like he really mattered. I guess uh, that blew up in his face. So then he became a lapdog for Obama and now Biden. He's the guy, unfortunately, that's overseeing all of our money, our taxpayer money and all the debt that's been assumed to rebuild Ukraine one day. So this guy is dangerous. Uh, he's an elitist. He's a wannabe. Uh, he just can't seem to you know, make things go in his direction. And he's really behind this ESG baloney, and um, which is a way uh, for them to uh, push their agenda to create more political power, more wealth for themselves. And um, he's really frustrated. And we're going to talk about why he's really frustrated about ESG right now. Uh, actually, joining me in just a little bit, Robert Romano. Uh, he's the vice president of public policy at Americans for Limited Government Foundation. And... Um, He'll be joining me. He's a friend of the program. He's been on before, wrote a really good piece on BlackRock and ESG, and that's where we're going to spend some time today. So uh, buckle up for that. Hey, I have to get this out there. Scams. Be careful. They're everywhere these days. I know we all are bombarded. I know all the garbage I get with emails and phone calls and all the other, like I said, garbage. I, that's the only word I can use. Um, the... The FBI came out with their latest elder fraud report, and it found that U.S. senior citizens were robbed of more than $1 billion um, just through cryptocurrency scams last year. Just cryptocurrency scams, a $1 billion. That's a 78% increase from where it was in 2021. So, again, beware of the emails, of the social media contacts, of unsolicited uh, messages where they're telling you, hey, we've got these investment opportunities, we've got freebies, we've got giveaways, whatever. If it sounds too good to be true or it doesn't pass your, you know, how you feel in your gut, 
just stay away from it. Don't even engage with these evil criminals. Um, and unfortunately, it's uh, really impacting and targeting people that are 60 years old and above. And that's alarming. And that's something that we do not want to happen to anybody that listens to this program. Well, anybody, period. But if you're listening to this program, um, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your coworkers, really be careful uh, when it comes to all, like I said, all these offers and emails and texts and people knocking on your door. It's going to get worse with artificial intelligence. We saw testimony last week before Congress when this poor lady, a mother of a teenage daughter, um, was fooled through artificial intelligence uh, voice manipulation of her daughter's voice that she had been, you know, taken and monies had to be paid and all kinds of terrible things. So we have to remember when something like that happens, um, well, I pray to God that it doesn't happen to you. But if it does, we have to try to remember to stay calm and assess the situation. I mean, obviously, we want to act to uh, protect all the people we love and care about. But we also have to do it in the right way so we don't fall uh, and become prey to these evil uh, criminals. So just keep that in mind. It's on the rise, especially uh, in even these newer areas now like cryptocurrency. Um, and there's other, you know, Ponzi schemes and all the other things that have been around for generations. Um, so be aware and look, you know, look out for each other so that uh, it doesn't uh, have a, uh, you know, a, a negative impact on you and the people you care about. So something that we've been dealing with for years, especially the last uh, couple years, it started back with Obama. It's just a continuation with Biden, which is really just a continuation of Obama, um, is this uh, forced electric vehicle um, alternative energy sources, all the nonsense. Again, this is where they're creating uh, wealth and power and influence, and um, they don't they don't care about people. They, they say they do, but it's a bold-faced lie. Um, they care about themselves and their uh, little elitist community. And again, where they can get in their rooms, whether it's at the World Economic Forum once a year um, or anywhere else, you know, where they're able to manipulate um, this this false narrative of, of uh, climate change, what I call it weather, uh, which is always going to change, always has, always will. Um, so they've got all of this money just sloshing around from these reckless spending pro, uh, programs uh, that we've seen the last two and a half years from Biden. Um, and they still can't make things work the way they want to. So they've got all of these subsidies and te- uh, taxes, uh, tax credits and, you know, just all kinds of rebates and Blah, 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 just garbage. Um, and you saw this week that the electric truck manufacturer, Lordstown Motor, um, say, hey, we're filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I mean, this is a company that's five years old, based in Ohio, um, and they have to file for bankruptcy, even though they get all the freebies and all the subsidies. So... They were one of the uh, earlier entrants to the EV industry. And, um, you know, it looked like they were going to do well, especially with all the freebies that they get, all the subsidies. Uh, and they just can't make it happen. So now what they're doing is filing Chapter 11, as I mentioned. That's their really only viable option where they can try to maximize whatever assets they have that will... Uh, you know, allow them to come out with something versus losing everything. In February, I saw that the company, like I said, this is a five-year-old company. In February, the company reported that it had, up to that point, only manufactured 31 vehicles for sale. A five-year-old company. So um, this is the stuff that just, they try to force it on you. It's unfair, and you heard me say it, and I'll say it all the time. If you like electric vehicles, I think that's wonderful. I really do. 
you know, buy the electric vehicle, join the uh, enthusiast club, you know, the car club that you might create, whatever it might be. Great. Knock, you know, knock yourself out, but leave everybody else alone. Stay in your lane. Don't try to tell people like the government's doing what they, I mean, basically the government's trying to take over the auto industry and making these companies retool their uh, manufacturing so that they can create all new vehicles. Now, if you're a auto manufacturer, can you imagine how big the smile is on your face? Because the government, us, our money, there is no government money. It's all taxpayer money borrowed. They're going to pay them to do it. They're making eight and nine billion dollar loans. They're making money available so that they can focus on electric vehicle. Those companies have to basically do that, right? Because they're uh, beholding to their shareholders. But that's all it is. Um, and then you see these failures, and um, it's just another example of the government overreach, being overbearing, trying to tell you what to drive, you know, how to heat your house, how to cook, how to wash your clothes. It's ridiculous. They're idiots. And people were starting to see through that more and more. And I only say that because I'm not a big poll guy. So you'd see a poll when it'd be like, okay, people think, and then fill in the blank. Well, that's one thing. But when you see multiple polls telling you the same thing, including coming from organizations that try to slight the poll that they're that they're producing, you know it's real. So they can't hide from it at that point. So what we had earlier this year obviously was a little bit of a scare in the banking sector. Um, you had Silicon Valley Bank. You had First Republic Bank, both out there on the West Coast. You had Signature Bank up uh, in New York. Um, I mean, you had some big bank failures. The FDIC, Treasury, the Fed, you know, everybody stepped in and kind of put their fingers on the scale to try to make sure that things worked out the way they wanted. You had uh, UBS, the big brokerage bank, uh, having to buy Credit Suisse. Um, just all kinds of craziness. Um and that, that's a shame because it really rocked the markets. It rocked uh, the uh, financials. When you looked at that sector, uh, there's still a little bit of, uh, of an issue there where people are worried uh, if they're with um, a regional or a smaller bank or credit union or whatever. Um, you know, my opinion is don't be worried as long as you know that it's well run with a good board of directors, with solid management, with a good uh, loan book. Um, they're not overexposed in any one area too much. Um, and that's just common sense that, you know, we look for all the time with uh, whoever we're doing business with, um, that they're on the up and up and doing what's best. But we saw this week that the U.S. Federal Reserve said uh, that all 23 banks, the biggest banks, 23 biggest banks in the United States passed this year's stress test. So basically, they create this hypothetical, very severe global recession uh, and losses of up to over $540 billion, as well as a 40% decline in commercial real estate prices. So they paint this very ugly and scary picture. And then they say, okay, the banks this year in the stress test, you know, they hold about 20% of the office and downtown commercial real estate loans, you know, how would they do with that along with uh, the, you know, severe global recession? And they did well. According to the Federal Reserve, the vice chair of supervision, Michael Barr, said the exams confirmed that the U.S. banking system remains resilient, even in the wake of those failures that I mentioned, Silicon Valley, uh, First Republic, Signature, um, Credit Suisse, etc. But, you know, he also had to admit and tell us the truth that the Fed should consider a wider range of risk that could derail banks in a process um, that is different than the actual stress test that, that they ran. But you had Bank of America, Bank of New York, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, the, you know, like I said, the 23 biggest that did well. And um, I think well, I don't think. I know that's a good thing, and it was welcome news because of some of that uncertainty that still was uh, lingering around.
So we'll continue to watch uh, those types of things and let you know kind of what's going on. Um, there was a, a lot of opportunity, actually, earlier this year when um, that whole sector, uh, the banking sector, seemed to be in the barrel. And it was their turn, you know, an easy, easy uh, pickings. And they got beat up. And like I said, some people were talking about opportunities there to uh, to take advantage of that uh, that downtrend. So um, it really just depends on who you talk to. But one thing that hurts these banks is they had people taking money out and putting them in larger banks because of that, what they heard back in the 2008 financial crisis too big to fail they you know they remember that bumper sticker um but i would caution that you know you do your homework and make sure that you're really working with the bank that um is in line with uh you first you know as a customer taking care of their shareholders treating their employees well and not getting involved in all of the nonsense that i talked about the esg stuff well and that we're going to talk about where because of political pressure and financial maneuvering, these banks are told, hey, don't lend money to traditional energy sources. I mean, that's just stupid. That's what hurts not only the American people, but people around the entire world, especially the poorest of the poor. So um, that was a stress test. It seemed to go okay. Like I said, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Uh, kind of sticking with energy prices, we saw uh, oil prices go up this week. So um, one reason for that is because the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the EIA, said that there is a big drawdown of inventories last week. Uh, the draw was uh, 9.6 million barrels. Uh, that was much higher than the 1.8 million barrels that analysts were looking for. So... You know, you saw a drawdown. That was a big deal. In China, which is the world's second largest oil consumer, uh, their annual profits at industrial firms extended a double-digit decline in the first five months of this year. That means they're, you know, um, they're not using as much uh, energy and oil, but you're still seeing this big drawdown in other uh, world economies. And it's just also a shame um, for Americans, because we saw that OPEC was talking earlier in this week about uh, withholding media access to reporters from Reuters and Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, who I'm not big fans of any of those. But, you know, free speech and, and press coverage is extremely important. And um, OPEC, their meeting is coming up. It's July the 5th and 6th in Vienna, I believe. But they're, you know, they're saying um, you guys can't come in and cover this OPEC plus meeting. This is important stuff. I mean, what they do, what they say impacts the price of oil and the global cost of energy. So this is a very, very big deal. So you've got the Saudis, you've got the Russians and all the others in OPEC plus that pump out 40 percent of the world's oil supply telling, um, uh, I hate to say journalists, because I don't know, most of them aren't, but I'll just call them reporters, uh, telling reporters that they can't cover what's going on at this OPEC Plus uh, meeting that's coming up. Uh, I mean, this again, it goes back to the fist bump by Biden. OPEC Plus could care less about anybody but their you know, they're, they're rich uh, controllers, whether, you know, they're fi uh, energy ministers or finance ministers or Putin or who else. I mean, you know, you fill in the blank. They only just care about themselves and um, whatever the commodity is. So right now we're talking about oil, but I go back to this alternative energy. Where's that going to come from? Right. All of the material to create batteries and all the other stuff, the cobalt, the lithium, all that stuff. Where does it come from? It comes from Earth. So they're going to be raping the Earth, as far as I'm concerned, to supposedly save the sky. I mean, I've, I've said before, just do a search on uh, lithium. 
harvesting or resources. You want to see child labor, kids in streams, sifting? You want to see holes in the earth? Check it out. I mean, it, it, it'll help you form your, your opinion and, um, and, and, you know, what's really right and wrong when it comes to uh, energy policy. So um, I'm going to squeeze in a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, talk about a little bit of economic data, those Federal Reserve regional reports I mentioned, and, and then we'll jump into that conversation on ESG, and it's going to be a doozy, especially for Larry Fink. So far still was feeling high as I started sinking lower. Minute that she walks right through that door. Not long ago I held her like a fool. I went and left her. Now she's with somebody new out on that floor. And she's got the rhythm, and I got the blues. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Spectacular Stars and Stripes Sale. Now at Ashley, save 25% off all furniture. Plus, get free delivery. Plus, 60 months special interest financing. Decorate one room or your entire home and save big. Beautiful Ashley sofas, your choice, $449. Five-piece dinettes, just $379. Five-piece queen bedrooms from $649. Find the Ashley styles you love and save 25% off. Plus, free delivery. Plus, 60 months special interest financing. Now at Ashley's Spectacular Stars and Stripes Sale in Frederick, Hagerstown, and Chambersburg. Mid-Maryland's News and Talk Station, 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio, 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there, re-listen to it, share it, whatever suits you. Um, so not a whole lot of economic data this week uh, of, of consequence. You know, one thing a lot of people were talking about was we got the final revision for gross domestic product, GDP, for the first quarter. Uh, so obviously that is way in the... Uh, the rear view mirror, but it, it was up. So it went from a reading of 1.3% annual growth in the first quarter to 2% annual growth, uh, growth, excuse me, in the uh, first quarter. So um, that's quite a bit less than what we saw in the fourth quarter of last year. So we still saw things slowing down. Um, and as I've mentioned at different times, some of this uh, data that comes out, uh, people question. They wonder if uh, it's political, if it's accurate, if it's biased. Um, there's just, you see more and more people with their antennas going up saying, wait a minute, um, these things I see, these things I hear, I don't feel. I'm not experiencing literally in my life. So um, we start this brand new uh, third quarter. And before we know it, we'll get our first read on the GDP from uh, June, or excuse me, from the second quarter. So uh, we'll let you know how that all plays out. You look at some of these um, manufacturing surveys from the various Federal Reserve district banks. There's 12 Federal Reserve district banks around the country, and they put out these uh, these pieces of data for just their area. We saw and heard from uh, Texas, the Texas Federal Reserve, Dallas, I should say, uh, Federal Reserve Bank, this week saying that uh, manufacturing actually declined in June. So that begs one to think, well, wait a minute, Texas is business friendly. Um, they're not as goofy as, um, you know, many states, including the ones that we live in. I know we have listeners from all over the country. So you know, kind of pick your poison where you are. But if things are slowing in Texas on the manufacturing side and you had you have common sense legislatures for the most part, then you have to wonder what's going on with the country as a whole. And then the fifth district, which is the Federal Reserve Bank uh, out of Richmond, that's in our district, um, that actually remained negative as well. So it was minus 15 in May. It's minus seven, or it was minus seven in June. So there's still worries out there for sure about, um, you know, the economy, 
about the labor market, about inflation is still the talk of the town, and many other things. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll jump into our subject of ESG, environmental social governance. Uh, You'll see maybe what your exposure is. And uh, we're going to talk about those manipulating the financial markets along with other areas um, and economic issues. And like I said, you know, what does that mean for you? What's the impact? And um, and how is it dangerous? So stay tuned. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now, WFMD News. Five people have been indicted for a homicide earlier this year. The grand jury charged Alexis Avala Lopez, Jose Ramos Lopez, Ismael Rivera Canales, and Elmer Reyes Reyes with first-degree murder. Ismael Lopez Lopez is charged with being an accessory after the fact in a first-degree murder. State's attorney Charlie Smith says the five were charged with the death of 15-year-old Limber Lopez Funes, whose remains were found near Gambrel State Park in April of this year. This is a case that we've been working with the federal uh, prosecutors with. Um, Right now it's being uh, charged and prosecuted in state court, Um, but it's a possibility that this will ultimately, uh, due to some gang involvement, potentially go federal. These were among 16 indictments returned on Friday by the Frederick County Grand Jury. The case has now moved to circuit court where trial dates will be scheduled. Frederick County Public Safety Agencies are reminding residents to safely handle any consumer fireworks during the July 4th holiday. Troy Grossnickel with the County Fire Marshal's Office says the only fireworks legally permitted in Frederick County are ground-based sparklers which shoot a shower of sparks. He says be careful when allowing children to handle sparklers. Making sure they know exactly where to grab when they're using these sparklers, um, generally the bottom the bottom of it. Gross Nickel also says light only one sparkler at a time and do not relight a dud. Once and done kind of thing. You only want to light them one time. Um, if, if it's a dud, which does happen, then unfortunately it's a dud. Uh, but you really only want to light these things one time. Gross Nickel also says it's far better to take in a public fireworks display to celebrate Independence Day. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News. Fox News, I'm Tom Graham. President Biden is at Camp David this weekend, but vowing to fight on. He says his administration was handed a loss by the Supreme Court after the conservative majority struck down his student loan forgiveness plan. Republicans, though, say it was the right call. Republicans like House Speaker Kevin McCarthy praised the decision, writing, quote, President Biden's student loan giveaway is ruled unlawful. The 87% of Americans without student loans are no longer forced to pay for the 13% who did. That's Fox's Alexandria Hoff at the White House. Tens of thousands of flights have been delayed or canceled over the last week as millions of Americans deal with a travel nightmare ahead of the 4th of July. Many passengers left fuming. I had a five-hour delay yesterday. Our flight was canceled. We're going to cancel it. LightAware.com reporting more than 2,000 flight delays and cancellations so far today. America is listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and the surrounding counties. For this afternoon, it'll be partly sunny, high about 88. Do have about a 40% chance. Could see some showers and thunderstorms after 3 p.m. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms are likely, mostly cloudy, low 71. Tomorrow, Sunday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers, possibly a thunderstorm after 3 p.m. and a high near 90 degrees. PJ's Roofing. When it comes to your roof, they have got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Jim Tice. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Spectacular Stars and Stripes Sale. Decorate one room or your entire home and save 25% off all furniture. Plus, get free delivery plus 60-month special interest financing. Find the Ashley styles you love and save the Stars and Stripes Sale. Now at Ashley in Frederick, Hagerstown, and Chambersburg. Tune into the Flatline every Sunday at 7 a.m. on 930 WFMD. Join Rick Hughes as he communicates clear and concise biblical principles designed to awaken the conscience of the hearers and remind them of age-old divine norms and standards. You'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. The Flatline, Sundays on 930 WFMD. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope your weekend's going well and you're getting geared up for uh, a, a very enjoyable 4th of July uh break for you and of course a celebration and declaration of independence of the uh, best country that's ever uh, existed on this earth and um, as I mentioned uh, right before the break we were going to be uh, talking more about um, ESG environmental social governance and BlackRock and you know a lot of the issues that I've talked about for many many years um, and I'm joined uh, today our guest Mr. Robert Romano, he's the Vice President of Public Policy at Americans for Limited Government and uh, wrote a really good piece this week uh, on that whole issue of uh, BlackRock and uh, ESG and some interesting developments. How are you, Robert? I'm doing very well. It's great to be on the show again. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for taking the time to come back on. We appreciate it. Um, so I guess, if you will, just give our, our, uh, our listening audience a quick refresher on ESG and what it's all about. Sure. Environmental, social, and governance investing, or impact investing, or economically targeting investing, or as uh, Larry Fick now wants to call it, conscientious capitalism. Others call it stakeholder capitalism. Uh, does not put profit first, per se, rather uh, purpose or um, stakeholders uh, rather than shareholders, uh, people who are impacted or institutions that are impacted um, by corporations and the, uh, in the natural resources category, but also in social issues. You see diversity, equity, and inclusion, racial and gender hiring quotas, at major corporations, publicly traded corporations, um, and there's a variety of government incentives for tax-deferred retirement savings that go into this. Uh, Labor Department regulations address about one-third of those via employer-based defined benefit and defined contribution plans. A, uh, go back, you can go back to a Clinton administration regulation of 1994 that addressed part of this. 2008, the Bush administration addressed part of this. 2015, Obama addressed part of this. And 2020, the Trump Labor Department addressed it as well, and not one of them ever banned it um, in any capacity. Um, and so it, it, on the employer side, it's been you know kind of regulated there, allowing pension managers to make these types of investments that can take more than just profit into consideration. They can use non-pecuniary factors as well. Um, and there is some disagreement about whether a non-pecuniary factor can solely be a basis or if it needs to at least have an all things being equal. If it's profitable, you can do it. That's what Bush and Trump labor departments had done. But then there's the other two thirds of it, which are the individual retirement accounts um, that, uh, uh, that are not the 401ks and employer-based plans, but rather the ones you get for, say, BlackRock or Vanguard. And then there's the federal thrift savings plan, as well as state and municipal pensions that um, also make these types of investments. There's over $32 trillion of retirement savings. Uh, the USSIF have estimated that about $8 trillion of assets under management are going towards ESG at this moment. And so it's been very impactful. It engages in agendas like decarbonization. Um, they want to get rid of oil. So they'll take over boards of directors of oil companies to make them not oil companies, to restrict oil production or go after coal companies, et cetera. And then there's the DE&I stuff that uh, very much uh, is engaged in discriminatory practices that, in my view, violate Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. And as far as restricting energy production to uh, boost prices and uh, gouge consumers at the pump in order to incentivize green alternatives, our view is that that violates antitrust law. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, you touched on a lot there. And um, if we start to kind of pull it apart and look at it uh, more individually, um, the ESG, the DEI, all these ridiculous uh, acronyms, in my opinion, are just cover. It seems like based on all my research and over the years of, of following it and, uh, and, and trying to stay uh, abreast is that it's just another way for uh, those that are in charge of these huge amounts of money to um, use that money, to, to, to kind of allocate that money the way that uh, best suits and benefits them, especially when it comes to their political bend. 
absolutely. They're implementing political and social agendas um, and attempting to, I think, kind of transform uh, what we would think of as the capitalist model into something entirely different. Again, they're not pushing for profit. Um, that they, they, they purpose in mind. Um, but that's why when I look at it, I say you need to attack this on antitrust grounds. You need to attack it on Title VII grounds, because when you look at things like restricting energy production, that actually boosts prices and the profitability of a company like Exxon, which posted record profits this year when he had a production halt after COVID or during COVID, and then prices went to the moon thereafter because global production was grinding down. Um, and that, that, that they posted record profits last year. Um, and so if you, if, if, so a labor department, um, you know, pecuniary rule um, is not going to really cut it. Uh, we shouldn't leave it up to accountants and uh, pencil necks at the labor department to try to, um, you know, forestall a, what's actually like a kind of communist style takeover of our capital markets. So, um we, we go back to BlackRock, uh, the largest asset manager in the world, running nine to ten trillion dollars, uh, a, a huge uh, amount of sway and uh, and power when it comes to that area. Um, they seem and, have, and it seems like for a while now they've been all in on this. Um, I, if all the folks that listen to me for many, many years know, I think Larry Fink is a lapdog. He started first with with the Clintons thinking he was going to be Treasury Secretary if she won, and then he spilled over to Obama, and now he's working uh, so closely, it seems like, with Biden, and especially with the connection of what's going to be done with all of our money um, over in Ukraine. Absolutely. And he's saying now that, oh, the ESG, now that people have started to hear about it, he's like, oh, I don't want to call it ESG anymore. It's not environmental, social, and governance investing. It's decarbonization and, 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 and governance and social issues. It's like, that's the same exact thing, Larry. You're not fooling anybody. It's the same agenda. Um, and that, that's why I think that Republicans um, really need to pay closer attention to this. I think that what they've done heretofore has not been very effective at either identifying this um, for the scope of what it is, uh, over $8.4 trillion, um, it's USSIF, and they're a pro-ESG outfit, and so they kind of take out what they call greenwashing, but it's still $8 trillion. Other estimates by, like, Bloomberg have said that globally ESG could reach something on the order of $50 trillion or one-third of all assets under management by 2025. Um, and so unless something's done, for example, restricting a tax-deferred retirement savings uh, and say prohibit any um, uh, you know, investments in companies that are violating antitrust law or are violating Title VII, um, I think could go a long way to really um, spearing this thing right in the belly. And, uh, you know, they, they, and particularly if we have a recession coming on the way, this, uh, this thing's going to be on its back, and I think you need to stick a thousand knives in it and then set it on fire uh, while the blood's on the ground. So, um, as you mentioned, uh, Larry Fink got caught. That's basically what what happened. Um, he was at uh, you know a little get together in at the Aspen Ideas Festival, and uh, he was trying to push back on ESG and and turn people's attention to a new shiny object or a different name or whatever it may be. And um, and, and and now you know you have to wonder. You're saying stick it in the belly. I would think that it's it's right to do that uh, to to make that push, but I guess that the that begs the question, who's doing anything about it? It's a real, uh, consumers are. Um, they've been um, engaging in boycotts um, in areas where they identify agendas that they disagree with. You look at Bud Light, you look at Target, and that's kind of on the surface. But when you consider other industries, particularly energy, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult. The Labor Department rule basically says, uh, even under the Trump administration, if it's profitable, it's cool, you can do it. Um, but as I noted, ExxonMobil was able to post record profits by engaging in cartel-like behavior to boost the price to the moon um, and to make it so that you can't afford to you know, uh, pay at the pump. Um, and so I think that um, simply uh, using the uh, prudent men's uh, standard of care under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act 
will be woefully inadequate. By the way, it only addresses about one-third of the uh, retirement savings, and so it's not a catch-all anyway. And so they need to go back to the drawing board. Um, I, in my piece, I urge that the Justice Department Antitrust Division look at this collusive behavior amongst energy companies to boost green at the expense of carbon, um, and also the, the Civil Rights Division at the Justice Department to look at these companies that are blatantly engaged in racial discrimination, gender-based discrimination, they have racial and gender hiring quotas, that's another point of attack. Um, and again, I think that the if you look at the IRS, there is no rules coming out of IRS on the individual retirement account, but you just couple what they do have the authority to do with the fact that antitrust is already prohibited, the fact that racial and sexual discrimination, religious discrimination are already prohibited. They could issue a rule that says you can't do these types of tax-deferred investments into companies that we identify as violating federal law. Yeah, I, it's just uh, such a scary thing, and, and it's such a rabbit hole. I'm so glad that, uh, well, we've been on it for, for years and years, and now it's uh, becoming more uh, mainstream, if you will, um, and uh, th that's just a, a, a very positive thing. We just need to keep uh, our boot on the neck for sure. We're going to take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up our conversation uh, with my guest today, Mr. Uh, Robert Romano. He's the Vice President of Public Policy policy at Americans for Limited Government. And by the way, you can get the piece we're talking about on BlackRock and many other uh, pieces at no cost. Just go to uh, getliberty.org and uh, you can grab it there, as I said, at no cost. for Tuesday's fireworks extravaganza at the end of Party in the Park? Adventure Park USA is giving back to the community with a massive 4th of July celebration on Saturday. Enjoy a fun-filled day with their ride-and-play passes, which can be extended from 7 p.m. till their special late closing for just $19.95. Then, as day settles into night, watch a beautiful display from Zambelli's fireworks light up the sky. It's all-day patriotic fun and fireworks at Adventure Park, July 1st. It's Regency Furniture's 4th of July sale, and everything's on sale with huge discounts on all furniture. Don't miss out. Save 25% off store-wide. Wait, there's more. This week, get free delivery or 72 months no-interest financing at Regency. Amazing 4th of July buys. Sofas from $3.98. Queen beds as low as $2.98. Five-piece dining sets $3.98. There's never been a better time to buy new furniture at Regency. Save 25% off store-wide, plus free delivery or 72 months no-interest financing at Regency Furniture's 4th of July sale in Frederick and Hagerstown. It's Neighborhood Conversation for four states. 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Little sister, don't you? Little sister, don't you? Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. And wrapping up our conversation this morning, and it's it's very, very important. I mean, again, we've been talking about it literally for decades here on the program. I mentioned the first I heard about it was uh, decades ago with um, the uh, the New York City and New York State pension funds. And they were at that time calling it socially responsible investing. And then they've twisted it now to ESG and DEI and all the other garbage, uh, the false acronyms uh, that are out there. So we want to make sure that we stay on top of this. Uh, all of our listeners definitely will be well-educated and up to speed on what's going on. Um, but it's not easy, you know, as our guest uh, was telling us in the uh, previous segment, Mr. Robert Romano, uh, who's the uh, VP of Public Policy at Americans for Limited Growth. Uh, you know, you've got trillions and trillions of dollars involved here. So um, it's it's not easy to uh, to to just do a, a workaround on these people. So, you know, Robert, um, I, I mentioned earlier, what is. If there is, like, what are the first couple steps that can be taken to combat this so that um, Larry Fink and others don't get away with just the spin, if you will, by changing, changing ESG? 
Well, uh, I think former President Trump has a pretty comprehensive um, proposal here. He wants to get Congress to act on legislation, but also he wants to do an executive order um, to go after ESG, which can direct federal agencies um, that have authority over <clears throat> retirement savings, including the Labor Department, including the IRS. And so my suggestion is to go and attack them on antitrust, gra uh, ground, antitrust grounds for uh, restricting energy production and for racist hiring practices at mega corporations uh, but that violate Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. We just saw the Supreme Court act on Title VI related to college admissions. Um, and so very similarly, Congress has prohibited employment discrimination under the basis of race. Uh, there's an affirmative action side. Um, ruling back in uh, 1979 called Steelworkers v. Weber. Um, that needs to be overturned as well. Somebody needs to challenge that. So if you direct these agencies to restrict retire uh, tax-deferred retirement savings into companies that are violating federal law, antitrust, Title VII, I think we can go a long way to dealing with this. State governors are also stepping up um, in red states saying that they're going to restrict retirement savings pensions that um, uh, may or may not have been going into this. Uh, some of that seems a little posturing because the states that were really involved with this would be blue states like New York and California and Colorado and so forth. Um, that there was no, there wasn't never, uh, you know, like a big, I, I think, ESG investment coming out of the, for example, the Florida state pension system. Uh, but nonetheless, there are, I, I think many states are also going at companies and banks um, that are state contractors and saying, if you're involved with this stuff, we don't want to do business with you. So I think that a clear message is beginning to be sent, um, but we mustn't let ourselves become complacent just because Republicans are talking a good game now, uh, but they might be still be short on policy. I mean, Trump actually believed that he banned this, but it, the labor regulation actually explicitly said that it hadn't been banned. Um, and so there's still some obstacles there that can, um, I think, uh, politically um, hinder efforts, even if Republicans are successful in 2024. Yeah, no, I agree, because you have these agencies uh, doing these workarounds so it doesn't go through Congress, and it's sickening because uh, then the voter isn't heard uh, like they should be. A couple quick things for everybody to know. One, on this whole ESG issue, if you do a little bit of research and educate yourself, you'll see that there are quite a few uh, studies that have been done that not only are they using money in ways that you probably don't agree with, it would make you feel dirty and you would want to go take a shower after you learn. The second part of that is they underperform. So they're actually, by this ESG, DEI nonsense, you're not making, don't have the opportunity to make as much money. So that's the other thing. And lastly, I'll just end with this. And Robert, you can, you know, give your two cents on it. But this, you know, Larry Fink admitted at the Aspen Ideas Festival um, that Florida's decision to pull $2 billion in assets from BlackRock, that hurt, along with all the other um Conser uh, you know, conservative, fiscal conservative uh, state managers. So that's, I think, really important as well. Yes, I think that they did, they were doing business with BlackRock. I was just not, I, I, it was unclear how much of an ESG investment that these red states were even making, or if they had even ever allowed it. Um, the fact that they're going forward and saying we're not going to allow it uh, going forward is good. Um, but that means there was a lack of reporting that red states were making these investments. And so I would want to know how much of a hit did these ESG funds take. Um, but, yes, yeah, they shouldn't do business with these companies. But KPMG uh, notes in a recent study that 82% of publicly traded corporations are including ESG sustainability-like goals in their corporate charters. I mean, it includes everything from uh, energy we've mentioned, uh, but also entertainment, media. Even News Corp and Fox uh, Corporation, which owns Fox News, they're engaged in a kind of ESG style um, that they have a huge push on diversity as well. Um, that I think that uh, probably viewers are starting to identify, um, and maybe that has something to do with uh, why um, you know certain uh, hosts aren't on that on that uh, channel anymore. Um, is that people are starting to push back against this, and then you're going to have even more limited voices. It was used by Twitter in their ESG pamphlet. They were bragging about the censorship. 
under diversity and inclusion grounds. And so there's actually a, a wider application, I think, of many of the challenges that conservatives and Republicans have been facing um, in a corporate sense, but also on places like social media, actually to also trace their roots into ESG. And so just as a mere matter of self-preservation and survival, they have to push back on this and not depend. The free market is not intervening the way you would hope because we don't have a free market. You have a very manipulated market and a controlled market. Um, and so if they're violating antitrust, I don't care if they would prefer not to go that route. They have to act in their own interest. Right. Yeah. It's uh, all we can do is continue to shine the light on it, like you did with your piece uh, on BlackRock and other pieces that people can get at getliberty.org for no cost. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy, Larry Fink, who's a wannabe. Um, he's an outsider, it seems like, just working so hard to get in these certain cliques. I mean, this is also a guy who said a couple years ago that there's too many old white men at BlackRock. Then why don't you resign? Because that's what you are. So this is all just a, a farce. It's, you know, it, it's all fake. And you mentioned uh, Fox News. That's, you know, they're, they're, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Their ratings are going to crud. So every, all these companies deserve what they're getting. And I hope it continues. I, I think it will. Um, but just realize that they, they don't, they're not trying to sell us oil. They're not trying to sell us beer. Um, and so any industry that's being targeted by this type of investment is being marked for death. They don't want more Fox News. That helps Republicans get the word out that they might actually be able to challenge this. They don't want oil production. That's why they're taking over the boards of directors. And they think beer uses too much water. And, you know, they'll even go after paper products like comic books and uh, role-playing games. I mean, because, oh, too much paper. Um, you, on down the line, that the, these industries are marked for death. So they're happy, they love the boycotts. Uh, just keep that in mind as consumers that um, there, there is a downside um, to focusing. So if, if, and the other thing is, if all the uh, Boston Tea Party had done was keep on throwing tea in the harbor, we wouldn't have gotten very far um, at overturning the British either. And what's happening now is a revolution um, in our economy that if we don't recognize it and identify it and counterdict it, we're going to lose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we've got to run. Uh, thanks a lot, Robert. A lot of really good information. Again, folks can get your uh, article, this article we talked about today and others at uh, GetLiberty.org. And have a great Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day. Same to you. Um, and that does it. And unfortunately, we're up against a hard break. Uh, I hope um, everybody does have a great 4th of July. Um, and uh, I'll be talking to you on the Morning News Express and more here uh on the Your Financial Editor program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.